and welcome to LA IVF Clinic's podcast series, Understanding Your Fertility, a podcast series specially curated to answer all your questions about fertility with fertility specialist, Dr. Aikut Bayrak, and I am your host, Araba Hagen. Today's episode, we will be discussing multiple miscarriages. If you are someone who doesn't have any problems getting pregnant, but have trouble carrying a pregnancy to full term, a fertility specialist can help. For this topic, we had to actually break down the topic into two different parts because it was so extensive. Today, we will discuss the causes for multiple miscarriages and stay tuned for next week where we will discuss the treatment options. Also, for any questions that we can address in future episodes and or topic suggestions, please email us at info at laivfclinic.com. Thank you and hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Today, Dr. Byrak and I are talking about multiple miscarriages. As you know, Dr. Byrak, I always like to get our subject ideas directly from questions that we get from our patients. And recently, someone called in asking for a consultation appointment with you, but admitted to me that she was a little confused as to why she was calling. Now, let me explain this. Her background is that she's had multiple miscarriages and her gynecologist was the one who recommended her to call you for a consultation. But she was confused because you're a fertility specialist and she didn't think she needed fertility treatments because she didn't actually have any problems getting pregnant. Her problem was that she was having multiple miscarriages and she ultimately was just unsure and confused about how we could help her, how you could help her, how a fertility specialist could help her. Now, because of her story and many others like hers, I wanted to get a bird's eye view or an overview of what can cause miscarriages and how a fertility specialist can help with that. I'm thinking in later episodes, we can definitely dive deeper into each cause individually, but for now, I thought it would be really helpful to get an understanding of why miscarriages happen in the first place and how they're treated. Yes, let's get started, Arba. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, This is a very common issue. I mean, Mm -hmm. just today, I spoke with two patients Mm -hmm. um, who had multiple miscarriages. One patient had four miscarriages. Wow. And wow. the other patient had eight miscarriages. Oh, wow. um, so this is not only a common issue, unfortunately, but it is actually something that the fertility specialists specialize in. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something that we do and we get uh, trained in and educated on during our fellowship uh, training after our residency. As you know, um, infertility doctors are obviously um, medical doctors who go to medical school, and then they do general OBGYN residency for four years. And then we do a three-year additional training called fellowship programs. Then we take a bunch of (laughs) written and uh, oral exams, board examinations, and get uh, board certified. 
And then we practice infertility medicine and we practice infertility medicine, not only for patients who have infertility and having difficulty in conceiving, but also those individuals who may just be getting pregnant, but not having a healthy delivery. So that's something that we're not only trained in, but also treat on a regular basis. So, so let's try to understand that obviously right. first. That's really interesting. And I, I like that you emphasize that because I didn't realize that you know, initially when I first started in this industry is that a fertility specialist has actually um, studied um, gynecology. So, um, and so you have a full knowledge of uh, your typical OBGYN, for example. Right. So um, it's kind of different in each country, obviously, mm -hmm. but in the United States, we all become general OBGYNs mm -hmm. before we subspecialize. Mm -hmm. So you may want to treat women with high-risk pregnancies, then you do a fellowship in maternal fetal medicine. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. you uh, deal with urogynecological problems, then there's a fellowship program in that. I mean, there's genetics, there's oncology, and there's reproductive endocrinology and infertility, mm -hmm. and it is expanding. So mm -hmm. the knowledge is just so vast and just developing and uh, doubling over almost every five years mm -hmm. now in medicine that you just cannot be an expert in every single subspecialty uh, like, you know, 1950s and 60s and mm -hmm. 70s. So because the information is just so broad these days, uh, we just have to simply subspecialize. Mm -hmm. Now, let's go back to your question about mm -hmm. miscarriages. So if we have a patient who has multiple miscarriages and she doesn't know what to do, mm -hmm. certainly a good place to start is their OBGYN's office. And most OBGYNs who are experienced would actually know what the workup would be. Mm -hmm. Uh, and sometimes they would prefer us to do that workup uh, because we certainly look at things that are a little more in depth and also uh, certain details that we further specialize in. And uh, certainly the medical data changes over time. So the testing that we did 10, 15 years ago, we no longer do. And some of the things that we didn't do, nowadays we do. Also, the type of treatment options we offered maybe 20 years ago, we do offer some of them, but there are some additional treatments that we do offer today. Mm. So uh, obviously, the medical evidence gets updated every now and then, and we then incorporate that into the practice, and uh, we do follow that literature, mm. obviously. So that would be important to, to understand. So if somebody has recurrent uh, miscarriages or pregnancy loss, then um, certainly they can start with a fertility clinic. That would be the perfect place to mm -hmm. start and finish. Mm -hmm. Or they can start with their OBGYN. Mm -hmm. And if it's an easy fix, the OBGYN can fix it. If not, they would then consider referring to the next level, which would be the reproductive endocrinologist or the infertility specialist. Okay. So this is a quite broad topic, to mm -hmm. be honest with you. But I think we should certainly touch base on all the major causes. Mm -hmm and the type of treatments. And then I think we should continue this conversation mm -hmm. in subsequent podcasts mm -hmm. and kind of maybe delve into each one of those mm -hmm. different types of approaches and how it's done and what are the alternatives and so forth. So when somebody comes in and says, well, I'm getting pregnant, but I just cannot hold on to the pregnancy, what is the cause? Well, the number one and the most common cause whether you have one miscarriage, two miscarriages, three miscarriages, or four miscarriages is due to the embryo. Majority of the time and most miscarriages are due to chromosomal 
or genetic abnormalities of the embryos, period. Mm -hmm. If somebody has a miscarriage, that can be bad luck. So if somebody just had one miscarriage, mm -hmm. oftentimes we say, okay, well, that is really sad and devastating because losing a pregnancy, whether that's a couple of weeks or a couple of months, can have a huge impact psychologically on somebody. So mm -hmm. the physical impact of it will heal fairly quickly, mm -hmm. uh, meaning um, you know you are having a miscarriage and there's some bleeding, maybe some cramping, uh, or you have to undergo a procedure called DNC, mm -hmm. dilatation and curatize. Certainly, the physical impact on the women is very significant. But because most of the patients who become pregnant are very young or in their reproductive years at a minimum, they're fairly healthy and they will heal fairly quickly, mm -hmm. physically. Mm -hmm. Quickly the, as in like even one month? They can uh, again within days to weeks. Oh, wow. Right. Mm -hmm. but, but the psychological aspect is something that nobody talks about. Mm -hmm. And that's because people typically don't want to share their stories that they had a miscarriage mm -hmm. because they think that they're not good or inferior because their friends may be having, you know, pregnancies easily or they don't want to get pregnant and get it. They get pregnant repeatedly mm -hmm. and all of a sudden somebody's having repeated miscarriages and they just feel ashamed or they feel embarrassed or so. So that aspect is typically not spoken of mm -hmm. really, which is a, which is an issue. So the, I think the psychological impact of one or multiple miscarriages is something that's really, really important and has to be talked about. Mm -hmm. So that's one aspect of repeated miscarriage. And that in itself really requires a multidisciplinary approach, not mm -hmm. just a doctor saying, look, I'm really sorry this happened and hopefully it won't happen or these are the treatments, but rather, you know, having that patient join maybe support groups, mm -hmm. understanding the issue, understanding the underlying cause, and approach it from different angles. And even maybe seeing a psychologist for psychotherapy mm -hmm. because miscarriages, once again, physically people will recover from them fairly quickly, but the psychological impact can take years to recover from. And sometimes people never recover from it. Years later, they say, you know, I still remember that mm -hmm. miscarriage I had and that was really traumatic. So right. we should do everything we can to not only avoid, mm -hmm. but prevent and treat and you know approach the patient as a whole mm -hmm. period mm -hmm. so let's go back and talk about the causes which is where right. we start off mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. so the most common reason for a miscarriage is once again related to the embryo and we oftentimes use this analogy called the seed and the soil mm -hmm. so the seed really represents the embryo and majority of the time it's the seed mm -hmm. so the embryo is chromosomally abnormal or genetically abnormal and it stops itself Mm -hmm. So, a miscarriage is actually a natural, physiological, expected, mm -hmm. normal, quote-unquote normal, event in nature. So, if the DNA of that embryo realizes that it cannot go through certain DNA checkpoints, mm -hmm. it will not replicate or develop. Interesting. And then it will just shut down its own DNA, which then becomes a natural selection which kind of goes back to this kind of raw selection process on this planet with all living creatures that only the strongest mm -hmm. live. 
only the strongest make it right mm -hmm. so if you're listening to this podcast mm -hmm. you can probably pat yourself on the shoulder <laughs> and say hey <laughs> I look it. i made it right so <laughs> right. so you're already a winner That's if you're right. listening to this <laughs> podcast because you're coming from probably one egg and one sperm right, right? right. unless you're an IVF baby that's a different mm -hmm. story mm -hmm. and you made it yeah so you are the chosen and the selected one that made it on this planet wow. and you did not result in a miscarriage mm -hmm. right which means that your dna was fairly normal and you're here mm -hmm. so congratulations to you mm -hmm. now if the embryo is abnormal genetically or chromosomally once again it will stop itself not the body not the uterus or not the person who's carrying it most of the time mm -hmm. not all the time obviously mm -hmm. so that is the seed mm -hmm. that can be abnormal and certainly the soil can be abnormal mm -hmm. which we'll talk about in a few minutes um so i do have a question about it makes me think that maybe miscarriages are happening more often than we think my my question is obviously let's say if a woman is late for her period let's say five weeks or six weeks could a pregnancy have tried to happen in that time and then a miscarriage and we didn't even realize it then absolutely oh. yeah so humans are very poor producers mm -hmm. because our dna is very complex and the natural selection certainly kicks in in exactly what you said so they're actually good studies that looked at that so they did do random pregnancy rates on the day that somebody would actually get their period mm, interesting right so there are studies mm -hmm. that looked at it and they've reported up to 50 60 percent pregnancy loss rates in otherwise women who would have never complained about miscarriages or pregnancy losses so wow. what that means is we probably get pregnant more often than we think mm -hmm. but because the dna of the embryo is abnormal in a certain percentage of time depending on you know personal like background and medical issues and reproductive age mainly mm -hmm. those pregnancies result in a miscarriage at the time of the expected period or a few days later mm -hmm. or a week or two later and it is not uncommon to hear from women who say well i'm kind of late a few days but maybe i was stressed or my diet wasn't good or i didn't sleep well mm -hmm. i was traveling for work or something else happened and I'm just late mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they get their period and I'm like oh okay well it was just mm -hmm. a fluke obviously I'm not pregnant mm -hmm. well maybe not mm -hmm. you could have been pregnant you just had an early pregnancy loss that went undiagnosed mm -hmm. because you never did a pregnancy test right, right. so Interesting. so that is certainly true that more miscarriages hope happen than we actually document clinically mm -hmm. Okay. but there are studies that looked into that mm -hmm. for this very question mm -hmm. so uh, and it is documented that that had actually happened so let's continue and move on to uh we talked about the seeds so you were going to tell us about the soil yes but just before that let's talk about the seed a little bit more okay. because because that is the most common reason mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so when we talk about chromosomal issues oftentimes people wonder what kind of chromosomal issues mm. And oftentimes it's having an extra chromosome. Mm. So we call them trisomies. So in human embryos and in our own cells, we should have 46 chromosomes. Mm -hmm. And if there's an extra chromosome like 47 or 48, then that's just way too much information. 
and that oftentimes results in a miscarriage. So trisomies or having an extra chromosome is the most common reason for a miscarriage mm. that is documented. Now, mm. sometimes we do miss chromosomes too. That's called monosomies. There's something called Turner syndrome, which is one of the most common reasons. Uh, it depends on how you categorize it, whether it's sex chromosome abnormality or miscarriage or of those that are tested. Mm -hmm. So the way that we uh, say which is the most common can change in how we say it. But anyway, the most common reason is at least having extra chromosomes or missing one of the X chromosomes. And that would result in, in miscarriages majority of the time. Rarely, chromosomal abnormalities can result in live births, right? So nature mm. can also make mistakes. Mm. So for example, having three chromosomes in a certain uh, pair like Down syndrome mm -hmm. can result in a live birth. Turner syndrome can result in a live birth. Trisomy 18, which is considered a non-viable pregnancy, actually rarely can result in a live birth. Mm. Those individuals rarely, you know, make it past a few months or a few days, but they can result in a live birth. Uh, so the seed or the embryo can be abnormal, which once again is the most common reason for a miscarriage, even if it's a repeated pregnancy loss mm. or repeated miscarriage. So if that is the case, then we have to look into why these individuals have abnormal embryos. Is it coming from the sperm or the egg, mm -hmm. which is oftentimes the case, mm -hmm. or it can be from both. Mm. So the sperm can be problematic mm -hmm. and the egg can be problematic or one of those mm -hmm. um, or variables. So the important thing would be to do a workup mm -hmm. and the workup it, without going into the details is to check the sperm to make sure there's good sperm, check the DNA of the sperm, check the chromosomes of both parents. Uh, both partners mm -hmm. uh, make sure they don't have a chromosomal problem that they may be passing down to the sperm and the eggs mm -hmm. and one of the most important things that we do check which oftentimes ends up being the most common reason for recurrent pregnancy loss due to chromosomal issues is low egg reserve because if the egg reserve is low then the egg quality is low if the egg quality is low the chromosomes and genes are oftentimes abnormal and that not only leads mm -hmm. to infertility, but also abnormal conceptions or abnormal embryos, which oftentimes either do not implant into the uterus, which causes infertility where you're not pregnant, mm -hmm. or they do implant and result in miscarriages. So that is kind of the bulk of the issue mm -hmm. related to the embryo, mm -hmm. which oftentimes is related to either abnormal sperm mm -hmm. or sperm that's bringing abnormal chromosomes or eggs that are bringing abnormal chromosomes or both. So when you say abnormal chromosomes, you mean that, do you mean they're have too many, they're, they're not, or they're actually carrying a disease or they're actually... Both. Yeah. Okay. Either too many or too few. Or too few. So if the uh, sperm brings in any other number other than 23, mm -hmm. if the egg brings in any other number other than 23, that's going to have an abnormal embryo. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes the embryo is, or has... 46 chromosomes, but within the chromosomes, we have thousands of genes mm -hmm. and there can be still significant genetic problems that can result in miscarriages. Mm -hmm. So it's not only the chromosome structure itself that can come from the sperm or the egg or both, mm -hmm. but furthermore, mm -hmm. it can be genetic issues, mutations, problems, inversions, all kinds of abnormalities 
within the genes and involved in the genes, and we have thousands of genes. Okay. So that's one yeah. kind of you know major group. Probably about maybe eighty percent mm. of the miscarriages are due to the abnormal embryo, right? The seed. And okay. exactly the seed, okay. in other words, right? <laughs> so, and there is obviously workup that may be a little beyond the conversation today because that may take a little more time, which we can talk about in mm -hmm. you know uh, subsequent podcasts, but. The workup is absolutely necessary mm -hmm. if somebody has more than two to three miscarriages mm -hmm. uh, and in two in some cases and three in others mm -hmm. because uh, there may be other variables based on medical history where we may say okay let's just wait for the next pregnancy before we do a workup or we have to do a workup now mm -hmm. because there's going to be an obvious issue well let's move on to the soil right. um which is the uterus actually mm -hmm. so so miscarriages can also be due to the uterus, mm -hmm. right? So people can be born with birth defects, like cleft lip and cleft palate mm -hmm. or hole in the heart. They can also be born with malformations of their uterus, which obviously won't be obvious mm -hmm. for many years. Right. So some people are born with heart-shaped uterus. Some people are born with only one side of their uterus. Some people are born with absence of uterus which won't cause any miscarriages because they won't get pregnant right mm -hmm. there are complex uh, birth defects of the uterus that can result in miscarriages there can be excessive tissue mm -hmm. right at the center of the uterus that's called septated uterus or mm -hmm. separated uterus mm -hmm. so these are all birth defects of the uterus or abnormalities that can repeat itself in uh, in miscarriages and uh, or present itself in miscarriages mm -hmm. in a sense that the embryo will implant, mm -hmm. but because the uterus is unhealthy, despite the fact that the embryo is healthy, will result in a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And there's a test called HSG, hysterosalpinogram is the medical term for it, uh, or it's commonly known as a dye test, mm -hmm. which can identify these abnormalities. Mm -hmm. Some people have blocked tubes on one side that can be dramatic or certain inflammatory diseases or disorders that can also result in miscarriages. Additionally, if somebody has undiagnosed and uncontrolled diabetes or undiagnosed and uncontrolled thyroid disorders or other metabolic diseases or connective tissue disorders like lupus mm -hmm. or rare immunological dysfunction that causes rare, these are very rare, mm -hmm. by the way, but a rare immunological issues that result in reproductive problems, mm -hmm. then those also can result in uh, miscarriages. Mm -hmm. The other and the last group of issues that can result in miscarriages is uh, called thrombophilias in medical terms, which refers to clotting problems. So if somebody has a clotting problem, what that means is they're not having problems in clotting, but they just have too much of clotting, mm. right? So uh, there's a balance in the body between bleeding and clotting, right? So when we uh, cut our finger, it bleeds, but we don't want to bleed to death, right? Yeah. So the body says, okay, there's bleeding from mm -hmm. somewhere, and then there's a mechanism where it stops bleeding, right? So there's a, mm -hmm. there's a fine balance between bleeding and clotting, and that's called a clotting system mm -hmm. right so if the clotting system has certain diseases where there's too much clotting then obviously common sense would tell us that if there's too much clotting we can have clots in the legs in the lungs in the heart in the brain mm -hmm. where we can get a stroke wow. we can get a heart attack 
We can get pulmonary embolism mm. or clots in our legs or in other organ systems, right? That's way too much clotting. So if somebody has this clotting disorder, then they can also have repeated miscarriages. So there's mm. a strong correlation between clotting disorders and repeated miscarriages. Now, this is a bit of a subject of discussion and controversy in our industry in the sense that there are a lot of different types of clotting disorders mm -hmm. and a lot of them actually do not impact pregnancies. So at times there's an overdiagnosis mm -hmm. of these clotting disorders, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So the best way to manage this is not to test for every single clotting disorder test that is being offered by the laboratory because somebody may test positive for one test and one thing and that may not be irrelevant. Mm. And oftentimes when we repeat that test, it comes back normal. So one thing that we should absolutely not do is test for certain clotting disorders that are just probably not relevant to pregnancy or pregnancy loss. There is a test called the MTHFR, which used to be very popular about 20, 25 years ago. And we used to test everybody for that. And when somebody was negative or, or had a mutation, I should say, we would actually treat them with anticoagulants, mm. thinking that that person is at risk for having clotting disorders. Huh. That is actually not true. And those individuals actually are not at a greater risk for having miscarriages. And if you test a certain percentage of the population, a lot of people are actually carrying that gene disorder. Mm. And that's probably normal. So what I'm trying to say here is that we want to make sure that we test for the relevant clotting disorders. And the trick to this is that also, if somebody has a significant clotting disorder, they would have already known that because they would have had a clotting issue in their younger years, even before their pregnancy. And oftentimes these are hereditary, mm. where one family member probably had it already and they already know about it. But sometimes, and very rarely, somebody comes in and out of the blue, we diagnose their clotting disorder without any family history mm. and without any previous personal history of clotting disorders. So this is a very interesting and complex issue that certainly requires a reproductive endocrinologist who is specializing in these issues so that we can test those individuals correctly, screen them, identify, and not over-diagnose, mm -hmm. not under-diagnose, mm -hmm. but rather diagnose them correctly and treat if and when they have these clotting disorders. But just to wrap it up in the next you know, 30 seconds or a minute, because I know we're running out of time, yes. is that recurrent miscarriage is a significant issue. It can have a huge impact physically and psychologically. It requires great attention. It requires a workup mm -hmm. and it requires a treatment uh, based on the underlying cause of that problem. Now, we didn't talk about the treatment, but if it's chromosomal, Typically, in vitro fertilization with embryo testing is the way to go. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you have time to discuss that. Probably not, but we can talk about it later. But that oftentimes becomes the issue in majority of the cases because in majority of the cases, it is the seed, it is the embryo, and it is due to chromosomal problems. If there's something else like a clotting disorder, a true clotting disorder, metabolic issues, problems with the uterus, then the treatment is obviously directed towards that cause. So I'll just stop here. Mm -hmm. Once again, Thank it's a you. really broad topic. It is. it is difficult to summarize it. But these are all the causes mm -hmm. of recurrent pregnancy loss. And then maybe the treatments, we should do another session 
and talk about that. I would love that. So uh, we kind of covered the treatments as well. Absolutely. I love that. And Dr. Byrak, thank you for your time. It was super helpful. And I think it really helps to enlighten those who may not have thought that their miscarriages would be helped by a fertility specialist. So I'm glad that you helped to answer this for us. And to our listeners, please send us your questions. If you have any questions that you would like Dr. Byrak to answer on the podcast, please email info at laivfclinic.com and put the words, my fertility questions in the subject line. And you can find out more about Dr. Byrak and LAIVF by visiting our website at www.laivfclinic.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at LAIVF Clinic. Thank you for listening. Understanding Your Fertility is created by LAIVF. Please note that this podcast is intended for a broad understanding of the topics presented. It does not substitute for the medical advice or care of a physician-patient relationship. Podcast listeners should always consult with their healthcare provider regarding any medical condition that requires professional attention. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If the information on this podcast was useful for you, feel free to share it.